0: We want to take time this morning to praise God for the gift of music, whether that music comes through voice or instrumentation. I know you are grateful for the work that these musicians and these instrumentalists have put in uh, so that we could worship the Lord as the Advent season begins. So I want to just interrupt the service for a moment to say, let's praise God for the gift of music and for all of these folks. Most of us this morning would agree that it's usually impolite and downright rude to interrupt. We're all taught from a very young age not to do that. My dear friend, and some of your dear friends, you will remember the name Burns Landis. Burns Landis went to heaven just a few years ago, and he was famous for saying to many people, excuse me for talking while you're interrupting. No one abhorred being interrupted more than Brother Burns, and I love and miss Brother Burns so much. But no one interrupted more than Brother Burns either. His passion and his zeal for life and for the Lord put him in such a spirit of enthusiasm that he could hardly wait to share what was on his mind next. And most of the time, he said some things that were really, really good. But to try to say something back to him, you often had to interrupt him, sometimes forcefully. And I want to say to you this morning that sometimes God must interrupt us. If he didn't, we wouldn't always remember that he has something to say. Thank God that he has a habit of interrupting. And his interruptions, unlike ours, are always holy. I want us to talk for just a brief moment about developing a sensitivity to holy interruptions. Time and time again in the Bible, we see examples of God interrupting what his children are doing, and he asks his children to adjust. There are no better examples of holy interruption anywhere than in the Christmas narrative, and we've heard most of them sung about this morning. The first interruption is Mary and Joseph. They were interrupted. God chose to break into their normal engagement process. Now, I know we all want somewhat of a normal life. Sometimes God breaks into that normal life and says, I have something I want to say. And for Mary and Joseph, they received an announcement from an angel of the Lord that Mary was pregnant with the Savior the scripture says in Matthew one eighteen, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Talking about an adjustment. Can you imagine receiving a message like that in the middle of your engagement before you had even been together? So Mary and Joseph, because of the interruption, they had to deal with great embarrassment and with fear that this interruption brought. But I thank God for Joseph and Mary because they adjusted. And I want you to remember that little phrase, they adjusted. The second interruption in the Christmas narrative was the shepherds were interrupted. They were doing what they always do. They were watching over their flock and they were protecting the sheep within their care. They weren't expecting that night an angel to interrupt them to suddenly appear or to see the glory of the Lord or to hear the best news that had ever been given. But the scripture says, I'm saying, they adjusted. We see how they adjusted. They dropped their dirty work. It was necessary work, but it was dirty work. And they said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened Folks, I want to say to you as clearly and lovingly as I know how that sometimes we've got to drop and stop what we're doing to get in on what God is doing. And there are a lot of things in our lives that feel urgent and very important to us. But God would like to interrupt those things because we're missing out on some other things that he would like to say. The third interruption, the wise men. On their lengthy trip to find the Savior, they were warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod. In fact, the scripture says that after they were warned, it says they departed by another way. God had a different route He wanted to take them on, He had a different way, and they adjusted to that. They immediately began to take heed to the warning and go a different way. Sometimes God says, I don't want you to get in a rut. And it doesn't take long for us as human beings to get in ruts, does it? And God says, I don't want you to go this way that you always go. I want you to go another way. We're going to do it differently this time. The fourth interruption, one we often forget, is that Jesus himself was interrupted. He left his place in heaven and suspended his divine privileges and prerogatives to come to earth for us so that one day we might return to heaven with him. He came for us. And his entire ministry after he came was one that was full of interruptions. Maybe you feel like that in your life. Lord, I wish I could get something done, but there's just so many interruptions in my life. His life was bombarded by so many people's needs and so many people's requests. But we see throughout the New Testament how Jesus adjusted. Each of these major players in the Christmas story encountered an interruption that God himself made. And interruptions can be characterized in four ways. And maybe you can relate to this this morning. They might be frightening. It's frightening for God to move us beyond what was normal in our lives. They can also be inconvenient. Folks, I don't know if you've recognized it, but Christianity should not be a religion that where convenience is worshipped. Sometimes God says faith will be inconvenient, but it's still the best way. Holy interruptions can also be time-consuming. We don't ever know when we say yes to God how long that yes is going to take. And for sure, holy interruptions can stretch us beyond our comfort zones and our imagination. But we, as those who proclaim to have a relationship with God, must understand that our lives are lived under the vision and under The voice and watching care of a Savior who says there's sometimes I want you to be flexible and I want you to give your plans up for me. You know one of my favorite quotes ever. I say it every Christmas. Blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. It's not wrong to plan, brothers and sisters. It's right to plan, but it's wrong to hold too tightly to our plans or to be married to our agendas. Remember, we are not God in our lives. We are the subjects of God. And our greatest desire should be to hear what God's plans are and to even be willing to be interrupted if we're going down a path where God says, no, you're in a rut, and I have a different way. I like what Pastor Tommy Barnett used to say. He used to say, make your plans and give God the eraser. What a great statement. Some people are so bent out of shape when they have to lay their plans aside. But I'll guarantee you, if God gives you the gift of a holy interruption, he has something far better to put in you and to do through you than anything you would have accomplished on your own. James says it this way, don't boast about tomorrow saying today or tomorrow. We'll go to this or that city. We'll spend a year there. We'll carry on business and make money. James says, why, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next few minutes for that matter. Proverbs sixteen nine: in their hearts, humans plan their course. We plan our way, but the Lord establishes. Or determines their steps. The key to a peaceful Christian life. Is learning how to be sensitive to these interruptions. And see them as holy moments. As gifts from God. Do you see your life as a gift from God? What if he wants to interrupt you? To exchange our plans. God's plans demands a faith that believes that His ways are always right, and they're always best. The late Henry Now and some of you may remember his name. He shares that while visiting the University of Notre Dame, where he had been a teacher for a few years, he met an older, experienced professor who'd spent some most of his life at the university. And while they strolled over the beautiful campus together, the older professor said with a certain melancholy in his voice, he said, Henry, you know, my whole life I have been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discovered that my interruptions were my work. And it freed me. Dr. Lloyd Ogilvie, who stood in this pulpit in the 1980s, said we will never be free to be truly caring persons until we accept interruptions as gifts from God. We will fret and fume until we welcome the intrusions as friends and as the Lord himself coming to us in people's needs. I want to very quickly just give you four steps towards developing a sensitivity to holy interruptions. And please remember these as you walk this Advent season out. The first step is always leave room for God. Is God guiding our life or are we asking him to bless what it is that we are deciding to do? Francis Chan says, God, this is a prayer, a good prayer. God, interrupt whatever I'm doing so I can join you in what you're doing. The second thing, be available to God. Do we really want to live a life available to God enough to lay our our plans aside to fit into God's plans? Mary did. She wanted to be available to God. And don't you know that the holy interruption that she got, was it was time-consuming. It was inconvenient. It was frightening. And boy, did it stretch her beyond her comfort zones and beyond her imagination and her family as well. She said, because she wanted to fit into God's plans, she said, may it be to me as you have said. And I added the little phrase, not as I want. Because I think it's in line with Jesus' heart. Jesus' prayer was, not my will, God, but thy will be done. So are we leaving room for God and are we We have a prayer on our heart that says, Lord, I want to be available to you. Speak to me. I want you to interrupt my life if I'm not going down the way or the route that you desire. Third, give thanks for others in your life who were willing to be inconvenienced, and interrupted for you. You know, all of us have a throng of people that have God put in our lives, that have helped us. They have been interrupted for us, and we should give thanks for that. There are too many people in my life to count. But I want to share one interruption with you that I shared years ago. It's sort of the hallmark of my understanding of how God is Lordship and Christ of my life. And he interrupts us for his own purposes. When our three boys were just babies, Tanya, my wife, almost had a very serious accident while traveling home from Chattanooga late one night. We were living in Middle Tennessee at the time, and she had gotten on to Interstate 840. Has anybody, has anybody ever traveled that? It's especially at night. There aren't that many lights out there. It's getting better because there's a lot of people moving out there. But when that was first created, it was in the middle of nowhere country. And there was a storm that night. It happened with high winds that had blown a large interstate sign into 840. And Tanya accidentally hit that interstate sign, going at a pretty high rate of speed, causing two blowouts in a van full of fear. She reached a call and realized that her cell phone had no power. That was back before you had chargers in your your car where you could keep those things going. And she pulled off the road for just a minute. Thank God she didn't have a wreck right there. And she began praying about what to do in the middle of this dark space that she was unfamiliar with. And she eased herself to a turtle crawl to the next exit, trusting God for guidance. What do I do as a mom with three little babies in this van? I'm scared to death. She turned right off of Interstate 840, and she chose a house that sat way off the road. Most of the houses sat off the road. There were other houses that were better lit. But she chose this house for some reason. She got out of the van and she approached the door of the house. And she was trying her best not to cry. Has anybody ever lost that battle? A very nice man came to the door. Thinking it was his wife returning from her job as a nurse at a nearby mental hospital. After opening the door, he thought one of the patients had gotten loose. Tanya shared with him what happened. And by this time, fortunately, the man's wife had gotten home and they created some warm space for these four strangers. And this kind man called me on my old-fashioned wall phone. Do y'all remember those? And he said, I know you must be worried, sick out of your mind about your family that you were expecting hours ago. But I want you to know that they're safe and that they're at my house. And this kind man just continued to assure me that they were okay. And when I arrived, I met the most gracious family, a husband, a wife, and two small little boys. And we embraced like we had known each other all of our lives. I love those holy encounters with people that you don't even know and how God puts you together. I wholeheartedly and gratefully thanked this brother in Christ. But his response I will never forget, and I hope you won't forget it either. He said, sir, just moments before your wife pulled up our driveway, I was standing out back in the chicken coop talking to God. And I told God that I felt like he'd done so much for me and that I didn't feel like I was doing hardly anything for him and I didn't feel very useful. To God. And I prayed, Lord, make me useful for you. And I walked back into my house, and then I heard the knock. We might be the answer to someone else's prayer, you might be the answer to somebody else's desperate prayer when they don't know what to do, when they are surrounded by darkness, when everything they think about seems like a dead end, you might be the answer to that prayer. And someone else might be the answer to your prayer. How many of you know God uses us as the body of Christ as part of his redemption plan? He doesn't just zap us and make all of our troubles go away. Sometimes he invites us into one another's lives to walk with one another, to hurt together, to pray for one another, and to help one another by reminding every person we see, you are not alone. Christ, God with us, is with us. Last thing, somebody say amen. You didn't believe I could do it, did you? Fourth thing, be willing to adjust for God and others. I told you that Mary and Joseph adjusted. The shepherds adjusted. The wise men adjusted. Jesus himself adjusted. Can you imagine leaving the glory of heaven and coming to this mess? He adjusted by the grace of God. And I'm afraid that we would rather fuss than adjust. I wish I had time to preach on that. How many of you would rather fuss? We got a lot more practice, don't we, at fussing than adjusting. But by God's grace, he can help us adjust. And we can learn to go with the flow of God and his spirit. That excites me to think that we're called to a life that goes with the flow of God's spirit and direction. Oh, I long to be directed by God. I long to be guided by God. This is my life, but it won't mean nearly as much unless I turn it over to the one who has created me and say, Lord, I want to be useful. You can interrupt me anytime if I'm not on the right path because I want to walk by your way. I've got more I could say, but I've said enough. Will you lay your hand on your heart before this beautiful choir and orchestra share some more music with us? Will you pray, Lord, as we approach the celebration of your coming, we thank you for interrupting the whole world to save us. Develop within me a sensitivity and welcomes your holy interruptions. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.